Richards trying to scoot in there alone. It pinballs to the green. Let's get it. Oh my god! Here we go, here we go. You're listening to the Country Blues Podcast. With your hosts, Derek. How you gonna get it, Bobby? John. Matt Casey. Unnecessary, but totally necessary. And Cody. What's not to love? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies. My name is Derek, and no John. I'm Hogs, everybody. <laughs> There's Hoagie. The Mats are here. Matt Hoagland, Hoagie, Matt Casey's here as well. What's up, Casey? Good evening. Are we ready to get into it, fellas? Yeah, I was trying to find a gift for my post, which I try to do in time. <laughs> my computer sucks now. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, you could pick a really positive one considering the way this team's playing right now coming out of the all-star break. So that's a oh. good one. No, oh, no, yeah. what I'm looking for. All right, I found it. I found it. You oh, for the two, found two, it. I found I found a, a bipolar gif because oh. we are bipolar. Oh, interesting. Oh, well, I mean, was it one of you guys that said this is like the this is exactly what we needed? I mean, this team needed the all-star break badly. Yeah. And uh, paying dividends, guys. I mean, we're on a a four-game win streak now, albeit uh, we just beat the Arizona Coyotes, who barely have a a home to play in. Uh, But nonetheless, don't don't judge it, man. Like, a win's a win because we lost to Columbus. We lost to San Jose. What other Mm -hmm. crap all the teams have we lost? Like, I don't care. At the end of the day, two points is two points. There's more wins than losses at this point. There is, including overtime <laughs> losses. So they're above hockey 500, which is fantastic. Right. But yeah, let's get into the uh, win streak here. Uh, so we started out with the Florida Panthers coming right out of the All Star break. The Flyers took that game. Then they had a game against Seattle where Lauren Hart was not in attendance. Cal Peterson was in net, and the Flyers still pulled it out. So up yours, Dave Haxtell. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> then Winnipeg, another tough opponent, but you know, just like the first time around, the Flyers took it to them. And then the last game against Arizona. So 4-0-0 in those four games. Urson 3-0-0 and looking pretty damn good. Hoagie, surmise your feelings towards this four-game win streak for me. Um holy crap, this is fun. <laughs> uh Honestly, I mean, the Florida game was a little nerve-wracking because it was right out of the break. You could you could tell both teams were rusty. It's, you know, per, per expected. But, I mean, the, the Winnipeg game, even though they, you know, they started off hot and then kind of, like, tailed off, like, I thought it was still a pretty exciting game to watch because they kind of tailed off and they were able to kind of play on their toes at that point. I, and I completely understand for towards, you know, wrapping on them because it was a bad look, obviously. Um, and honestly, I'm just going to talk about the Coyotes game because that was just a, a roller coaster of a game with seven, 0 for 7 on the power play, which is abysmal, but still Ooh. scoring four, five with the open net against a, you know, piss poor Coyotes team. Like without, with, with going 0 and 7, which is, it, that was just a wild game to, to watch last night. Right. Yeah. I mean that, and we'll get it. I'll get into it later. I want to hear what Matt Casey has to say first, but yeah, that was a uh, gutsy, gutsy game. So Matt Casey, your take on the four game win streak there. Yeah. It's interesting because we're finding ways to win in different, we're t- finding different ways to win each mm-hmm. night. And I would say with the exception of the Seattle game, which um, I do think they played a fairly complete game, even though that was, the closest well, Florida was two one, but like you know, it was it was a close game, but it was the most complete game that they played. But Winnipeg, I mean, I watched, I watched that, and those, you know, I think it was widely spread. The, the last two periods of that game, where I was like, dude, we do, <laughs> we do not deserve this. Now on the flip side, 
you know, that, that's a bit of karma because we've played plenty of games where we've, you know, outshot somebody 40 to 20 and lost two to one. And right. so, you know, it, it, it goes both ways. It's just a matter of like, do you have the maturity to end up uh, pulling those tight games out when you don't have your A game? And right now this team's doing it. Um, the Arizona game last night really just kind of bored me. Um, like it was, it was, it was a brutal game until probably midway through the second period. And then they finally turned it up. You saw Lawton play well. I, he didn't get on the score sheet, I don't think, but I think Noah Cates is starting to get back into form, um, which, which is good to see. We're definitely going to need that. It's good to see Lawton play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as well. He's had goals in the last couple games. Um, yep. So overall, it's it, it's crazy. You just see the pre All Star break team who was just winded. They were just we've been beaten down just by mm-hmm. a schedule, and that last week was just it was just a grind. And you just, yeah. you saw the light at the end of the tunnel. And it kind of at least I didn't really care if they won or lost. I just wanted them to get there. And if you got points along the way, great. But um, it's really great to see this team. Every time you think they're down and out they pop back up like one of those freaking whack-a-mole things. And, right. um, you know, it, it's good to see. And we have a favorable schedule over the next couple of weeks. And a lot of scoreboard watching is going to happen. Um, but, hey, we're in a good position right now. Um, almost, we're, we're getting close to March and almost playing meaningful games, just like just like Ogie and I predicted. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Isn't it nice to be to be right for once, Casey? Hey, it, just, it just shows what kind of analytical minds we are. Just relishing it, fellas. Relishing it. Um, the numbers. Let's we'll get into a little bit of the performances here in terms of kind of the all-stars uh, for that four-game stretch. So right at the top of the list, and I'm going to forego the forwards and the skaters here. My all-star right now, and I will make this like a roundtable discussion, but my all-star is Sam Erson at this point. I mean, you're looking at a guy who started the year out pretty rough. There were some bumps in the road for sure. Mm-hmm. These past three games, now these past four games, he started three of them, uh, 3-0-0. His mm-hmm. goals against average is probably floating around a 1.8. I didn't do the math, nor did I care to do so. I'm just, you know, I try to be good with numbers. Uh, save percentage, 9-3-2. That I did do the math, so uh, my calculator did the math. Regardless, it uh, looked fantastic. And the one thing I think that sets it aside is the fact that the game against Arizona in, I think, the, like the 16th minute of the third period. You're looking at four minutes left. He had a beautiful glove save mm-hmm. that it has been a long time since I've seen a goalie make a save like that with the confidence that he made it with. So Enough of this Ole shit. <laughs> <laughs> Get in front of the ball, Dorn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the type of play, though. Like, we've seen Hart make those saves before, too. Like, we've seen all the other saves. But, like, for a young kid in his first real full year, making a flashy save like that and mm-hmm. just the confidence that it takes to do that, like, whether he's in position, out of position, he's doing fantastic. That's my all-star these past four games. I mean, mm-hmm. what? tell me a little bit about yours, Casey. Yeah, I I, I think Urson is, is definitely up there, and I'll, I'll choose a different one. But just to play off of that – you know, I was nervous when, you know, when Hart uh, went <clears throat> missing the, um, <laughs> you know, it, you could see uh, there was a little bit of a lack of a lack of confidence for a few games there that that had me nervous. Um, but as we said, the team in front of them wasn't playing like the team that is playing in front of them now. Um, so I'm, I'm with you with Urson uh, on that. I would say. You know, the, the easy money for me um, would be connecting, but I'm going to choose a different one. I'm going with Nick Sealer on this one. Um, Ooh, I like it. I think I think Nick has slowly and surely become the heart and soul um, and the, the personification of what this team is. He's not flashy. He's not going to net goals, but he takes the body. He fight when he needs to. He blocks shots like a friggin' banshee 14 to be exact over these past four games and you know you just you look at those and you know my my college lacrosse coach used to call those hustle points it's like all right these are the hustle points you're gonna get and those are things that yeah block shot shows up on this on the stat sheet but like that's underappreciated stuff and the guys just gotta feel like a punching bag some nights but you know you gotta think 
it's one of those pieces where it's a, it's a hidden one where if you lose it, um, you know, you don't realize what you got until it's gone. And I'm not saying sign the guy for an eight year contract or anything like that, but right, <laughs> right here, right now on Valentine's day Eve, uh, Nick sealer, you stole my heart, buddy. I love you. Here's where we miss John Gove with the pump, the brakes there. <laughs> Sealed the deal with Casey. <laughs> All right, Hoagie, who's your all-star these past four games? I mean, there, there's plenty of all-stars. You said Erson, he's been playing lights out lately. Sealer, if anybody wants to throw a, like, over-under for, for, like, three blocks a night, go for mm-hmm. the over because he's getting it. Yep. It's easy money. Um, I mean, there and there's also other players out there. I mean, you have Lawton, you have TK, you have, you have, you have plenty of guys that are they're really, you know, they're coming back from the – from the break fresh. My guy right now is, is Morgan Frost. I mean, he was playing good before the break. Oh, you suck. Oh, I'm going with it. <laughs> I've slandered him Here enough. I'm going to go with it. He, he looks like a melter. different. <laughs> nope. I do not call me. I like the way he's playing. Honestly, I'm going by the eye test because the way he's he's skating with the puck, the way he's handling the puck, making passes, scoring goals. I'm not going to say it will because that's just silly to say, mm-hmm. but like he just has he has a feel for the puck right now, and it's encouraging to see. Yes, I would love to see him do it from you know October to December as well, but mm-hmm. if this is a player that gets hot in the second half of the season and can continue that through like a playoff type of thing. Mm-hmm. Who's to be mad at that? Like that that's the type of player that you want you want to get hot right now. So, know who was sure. like that? Know who was like that? Danny Breer. Exactly. Because yeah. another guy with the Mr. same playoffs himself. Eric Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a guy with the same number. It's true. That is true. I think you think Danny has an affinity for Morgan Frost just because of the same number thing. <laughs> yeah, I never know. But yeah, no, uh, do you do you think no, has has he played? You know, I, I would we, say we last night. I don't think <laughs> last night he he was he was a force last night. I'll I'll give him that. Um, in full transparency, I was he only drew, able what, to catch three three tripping three penalties? penalties, three penalties, and that penalty shot that he took. I was like, oh no, oh no, what are you doing? Like that takes confidence, man. That takes some stones to end up doing that thing. Do you think? Um, you know, do you think this is just a a flash in the pan? Um, again, or do you think this is sustainable for the next six weeks? I mean, he, he did it last year, so I, I feel confident in him, you know, trending in the, in this right direction. He, yeah. he's, he's confident right now. Yep. You can, you can see that with, with the, the swagger that he's playing with. Mm-hmm. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? No. Go girl. So how many games? I'd be interested to see, and obviously it's easily looked up, but I just don't feel like putting forth the effort. How many games has Morgan Frost played against the Coyotes? And how many points does he have against the Coyotes? I mean, he, there was he a four-point night last year against Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. A four-point <laughs> like night, that, right? another two-point night last night, if I'm not mistaken as well. Yep. He's. I, I'm not saying this to say that I don't like the fact that he's producing, but against those lesser teams he is producing, which is good because he should be, but I'd like to see that type of production against some of the better opponents, the Bostons, the Torontos, the the Rangers of the league, things like that. Not to say that I don't think he's capable. I fully believe that he is, but it's happening every single time against these bad teams and everybody's like, he looks great. I'm like, he does. He does look great. You know, I <laughs> test, like Hoagie said, even the advanced analytics are showing he's one of the elite forwards in the league as of late. Right. Connor McDavid. Ooh. I don't ever want to hear those two nice. in the same sentence. They, nice. Someone did it. I, I know who did it. And he shares the same name as me. And I am embarrassed, um, <laughs> quite frankly. But, but regardless... Can I, can I bounce off of that? Because, I mean, the past couple of games with, like, Florida and, and Winnipeg, like, he's looked pretty good in those games, too. Like, he mm-hmm. he's playing with, with – he He's playing with the puck as if he doesn't think he's going to give up, give up that puck when he's mm-hmm. crossing the blue line. And I, I forget who talked about it. It may have been um, Martinez the other day where, you know, last year Frost 
would would go from the outside to in. Mm-hmm. Now he he's he's playing straight through the middle of the ice, and that 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 just tells you how confident he is with with the puck on the stick. And mm-hmm. I I don't know, it's just something about him. He he kind of floats with it now. Where you know what I, he you know what I did notice work. last night was that behind the play there was a uh, a coyote along the near boards. And like just before the camera pans to have him out of the shot, you see Frost give him a little bump into the boards, and I'm like, okay, I'm it's like a little I, scrappy, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I like that. I like that chippiness. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see that. I don't want to see him, you know, go overboard with it like Faraby did early on in his career. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy seeing that because he's a timid type of guy, mm-hmm. and to see something, you know, some little like spark go. It's exciting. I mean, that's that could be what could spark him outputting offensively. So mm-hmm. I get those it, little digs in what you can, and you can see that even in his in his interviews as well. Like mm-hmm. he has that he's, confidence, and and he's kind of like beaming as well. Like, yeah, I you saw what I just did. I I'm gonna keep doing that. Like it it last night he just looked more mature, mm-hmm. like game wise, and even and even pregame as well. I'm seeing a lot of similarities and and I the totally different styles of players, but just in terms of the mentality and their confidence with Tippett and Frost right now. I think Tippett's, you know, it's ahead of him. And I think Tippett is going to be a hell of a player. I think he already is a hell of a player, mm-hmm. but you're starting to, you know, there was that moment at some point earlier in the season where you saw Tippett start to think, Oh, I, I belong here. Uh, right. And I, I think maybe we're seeing that with Frost. And I think, Hey, I'm all, I, we give Frost all he's such a polarizing figure as he has been for the last and that's that's the way it rolls with draft picks that the Flyers take. Like if you if you survive the gauntlet here, um, you know, we'll we'll bring you in, but he's still in the gauntlet right now. Um but you know, if those two guys are stepping up and all of a sudden TK and Couturier and Farabee don't really have to carry the entire load, but Frost and Tippett are really starting to come in jump in and carry a majority of it as well. Um, then you throw Atkinson in there from time to time. He gets a little streaky, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it, okay. You, you have a solid nucleus. Is it perfect? No, no, of course not. But you know what? If you chose, if you had the betting lines on there, Winnipeg, Florida, you know, probably the Kraken even at this point, but like, you know, we're, we're playing and beating good teams because of better rounded mm-hmm. forward playing so yep so is this enough right now and have you guys seen enough to think that morgan frost deserves another contract with the flyers no i have no nope okay i I think no i i i don't see like i i guys do realize he's signed through next year right yeah he's he's got it he's got another year on there and i think if he ends up continuing to play like this throughout the throughout the end of this year and I can't believe we're about to say the P word, but you know, if a playoff berth is in the mix and you know, he shows a little something there. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not sold on it. Cause I think like, okay, this is where he was last year as well. And then he regressed a little bit. Like, let's see if he can continue to build off of this momentum. If he's mm-hmm. playing like he did this past week for the next six, eight weeks, then yeah. Um, you know, right. but I think that's, that's, you know, definitely in the cards. And that's fair. With that other year left on the deal, obviously, you're going to want to see how that plays out to next mm-hmm. year. But right now, Matt Casey says no. Hoagie, what say you? It's too early to tell. Cop out. Uh, Cop honestly, out. No, Cop honestly, out. it's too Answer early to the question. Tell. I have an opinion. That yeah, is an on, opinion. Are you Amy? kidding me? It's a terrible oh opinion. Gosh. If he... Do I have to prompt you like my son? Like, do you understand? Yes or no? (laughs) Never. (laughs) No, I. If he continues on the trajectory that he is right now and has another good offseason and still comes into next season and is is still producing the way he is right now at this given time, yes, they sign him for Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't, I don't know what type of deal. I, I hate doing, you know, fake deals in my head. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if he regresses and Torts is starting to pull him out of the lineup again, 
No. What was that called? I hate doing fake deals in my head. I hate the fake deals in my head. <laughs> like, what would this contract look like? What would that contract look like? I hate like? that stuff. <laughs> I hate comparisons. Where, where do you stand on it, Derek? <laughs> I, I, I think he gets a contract. Think I so? think that barring him having a ridiculous regression to the point mm-hmm. where he puts up 20 points in an 82-game season – and Tortorella's benching him, you know, and he only plays like 40 games. I think he's earned it. I think that he's on pace to earn it. Now, again, could be a regression, and then everybody's just like, nope, see you later, kick him to the curb. So be it. You know, we'll find another one. But at the same rate right now as it's going, I could see it. Um, my my biggest thing, Derek, is that if he wants a, you know, a contract, he's going to want longevity. And I okay. just don't know, you know, he, he's going to want, what, five years? Okay. And so it, it's like, oh man, are we committing to this guy for five years? What well, maybe it's left. Or... Maybe it's four years. I don't know. But yeah, at what type uh dollar mark though? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't if, know. If he As wants guys, term, this this is where the numbers confuse me. Don't do As that. Hoagie said, numbers <laughs> head hard. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's if he wants longevity, he's gonna have to sacrifice AAV, I think. Uh, and we're not talking anything crazy like going from you know six to three, but like mm-hmm. Hey man, like we'll give you a two-year deal at five mil. And he's like, No, I want a four-year deal. Like, okay, then we're gonna have to bump that down to like four, you know, four right. a year. Maybe the, three, the only, three quarters. The only benefit of doing like four it, is pretty, honestly. I like that. I'd be okay with four. I would be. I I, I am as well, but what is he? 23, 24? He's 24 mm-hmm. making 2.1 right now. So, like, you know, if he ends up, so that'll lead him right into like his prime, basically. Um, yep. And yeah, it's that's that's gonna be tough. It's gonna be interesting. I would say the one thing he does have it, or I don't know who has it in their favor, but if they do want to sign him and they do it this off season, it's a good time to do it because the cap hasn't gone up yet. And so all of a sudden you're getting him on a level a that yep. Right. Yeah, could be a tippet you... type deal there. Yep. Yeah, I, I was gonna bring up tippet or do you think he's going to be asking for like that type of term? No. Not, I don't, I don't not, think term not term, but but uh, money. No. What what did Tippett? I know it was eight years, but what was the six, money? Six point, point two. Two. I, I I think I think Frost warrants three and a half. If I'm mm-hmm. being real. Um. So Fer- just... Farabee signed at five mil, and he's younger. Mm-hmm. And I still think Farabee's better. Um. Now, maybe I'm wrong. It goes up to four four and a half, but you cannot. I don't think you can claim that Frost is more effective than Farabee at this point. Oh, no. Except for last night. Farabee was a little bit of a dud. Yeah. Farabee has his on and off nights. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not saying that Frost doesn't, but like there are nights where it's like Farabee has more on nights than all. True. He's he's, he's looking good. Yeah. With the line that he's on right now, he's looking pretty good. Um, Farabee has not watched the game from the press box that much, I know. That is a good thing. Frost is better, yeah. but he was a, he he was a uh, he was a doorman for the whole whole game. All but 30 switching, seconds. Uh, switching gears a little bit here. I'm just surfing Twitter. So, uh, Giroux had a took a slap shot and apparently injured Provorov tonight in the Ottawa Columbus game. And oh, after that gosh. happened, Kachuk finished a hat trick. So, <laughs> hope uh, he's okay. <laughs> Sorry, Ivan. <laughs> Pro Provorov is not going well these days. Right. No. <laughs> and the fact that he's true. on the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Drew's like, take that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <No. laughs> but speaking of defense, what we want to get into here, we had spoken about this at length, I believe. It was maybe two or three weeks ago at this point. The seven defensemen. The seven defensemen. And why? Why are we going with 7D? Why? I have my thoughts. I'm sure we all do. Casey's the one that brought this up pre-show. So I'm going to give Casey the floor here to speak his mind regarding the seven defensemen and the, mm-hmm. yeah, all that good stuff. I think it's so just from a pure X's and O's or not an X's and O's, but from a pure team uh, setup standpoint, I'm, I'm fumbling the words a little bit here, but um, you don't get continuity with your pairings. You and you don't get continuity with your forwards, and so it's tough for lines to get chemistry. And even if you're just like, okay, we're gonna have a two-person fourth line and just run, you know, run, rotate some people, it still still botches it. And I think you can make it happen for 
a game or two. But I would argue that a huge part of why we were so worn out, why the players were so worn out going into that break was one, a brutal schedule, and two, you weren't playing lineups the way they're supposed to be played. And um, right now we have a log jam at defense. And with uh, Jesus Christ, I forgot his name already. Who did we just bring in in the trade? Um, Walker? Drysdale. Drysdale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with 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 Drysdale, Drysdale, Deloria, like I'm getting them all, all messed up. <laughs> uh, with Drysdale in, we now have a logjam, which is a good problem to have. And the issue is, is that nobody's necessarily playing terribly. But last night was a little bit alarming for me because you have Risto out. You had did Zamula play last night? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you have Zamula in, and then you have Stahl in. There is no way that you can legitimize. I think Zamula, while he's made leaps and bounds, he has looked like an absolute liability the last couple games um, that he's been in. And so I think that you need the continuity in there and the fact that we don't have confidence in either Deloria being in there or what I think is the more systemic problem is we don't have confidence in some of our younger guys coming up. Um, Oli Lexel is not the answer right now. Can't believe I'm saying this. Time to bring bring up uh, Big Bob's. Time to bring back Bobby. Bring bring back Bobby Bink. Um, um, You know, what's his name? Who's the guy who's tearing it up? Tamula? Tamala? Sumala. Let's call the whole thing off. Um, But... I think, I think, you know, instead of doing this seven, seven defensemen, 11 forwards, we, we got to put a little bit of confidence in the players that we have in the system. And if they are not going to cut it, like Lexell is not going to cut it. Let's find somebody mm-hmm. who is, let's give some folks a chance. Um, for mm-hmm. God's sake, is Wade Allison still alive? Is he, is he out there anywhere? <laughs> he's, who knows? he's playing down there. I don't think he's having a very good season. Yeah, I think my big problem is like I see so many people posting on Twitter about like this guy's tearing up the AHL, that guy's tearing up the AHL. It's like that's great, and I'm happy that you know, like Cell, like Cell was tearing up the AHL, doing a great job. Tuamala as well. Think back five, six, seven years ago, Jordan Wheel was one of, if not the best AHL player at one point in time. What did he do in the NHL? I I didn't mind Jordan Wheel in the NHL. He was good. Terrible. Hold on a second. Let's just take a moment to appreciate what Hoagie just said. <laughs> what he, said. he was he was really good. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you're that not was... even a dad yet. You're got dad. Right? <laughs> oh, you're far ahead of us, man. And we've been in the game a few years now. But Listen, man, he... that that kid is playing in the like German hockey league right now. Right. Turn it up. Like... I liked, I, much to Matt Casey's point, I liked Jordan Wheel, and I thought he was a good hockey player. But it goes to show so many people think like, oh, because they're tearing up the AHL, they're going to tear up the NHL. Mm-hmm. And not everybody thinks that way. Not everybody should think that way because it's unrealistic. Like, I get that it's the minors, and you expect those guys to come up and make an impact. However, your Denoyes, who are tearing up juniors, Zade Wisdom was doing well in juniors. Those guys right now, what are they doing in the AHL? Mm-hmm. You know, you could argue they're, that I'm not going to say they're a bust, but like, are they going to make an impact at the NHL level? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense all the time. Like, Tumala might come up and just set the Wells Fargo Center on fire with his play. Mm-hmm. Great. Like, Sell's not doing that. And you can argue, well, he's getting five minutes a night. Like, okay, but what's he doing with those five minutes? Is he making a yeah. difference in this game? I don't think so. It's, it's, taking, his, first, taking penalties. it's his first couple of shifts that are just absolutely brutal. Where it wasn't it last night's like first goal where he just could not gain control of it. Yeah. And that Dumba just fired it on that and it ha- just yep. happened to go in. Like yep. any any good team, mm-hmm. like the next tier team has a player that makes that play and gets the puck out of, out of the zone. Mm-hmm. Like you, you cannot have that type of li- liability on one. Yes. A rebuilding roster, but a roster that's 
playing themselves into a playoff spot right now. Like mm-hmm. you, you kind of, you need to make a, make a choice there. I, I, I think, think that plays into it too, because if this team doesn't have the time to get these guys acclimated, if they are going to make a push for the playoffs, like, right. yes, I, I acknowledge that we're rebuilding and those are the moves that are going to be made towards the deadline as well. But like, there's still goals in place to make the playoffs given their standing right now. Mm-hmm. They don't have time for like Sell to come up and get himself acclimated. They don't have time for Tuamala to take 10 to 15 games to get adjusted to the NHL mm-hmm. pace. They need guys to click and go right away, hit the ice running. Like they've got to make sure that that's what's going to happen. And right now it's not happening with like Sell. But what are the other options? Well, I think one of the things you have to consider is a lot of times when you're looking at call up call-ups in the in the past it's been like oh we need this guy as a third a third line winger if you're if you're bringing up guys from the minors in the top six then like or you know that that's a bigger issue in my opinion right but right, right now we have the flexibility because i think that paling quite frankly has played himself into instead of a bottom you know fourth, a fourth, fourth line role center. he's a bottom six role um, yeah, you know, yeah. like he, so he gives a flexibility. Lawton has the ability to play up and down, you know, the, the, the middle nine, um, you know, middle bottom nine there. Um, so I don't think we need a score. I don't think we need a check. I think we just need someone, whoever is best fit and best equipped to come up and play. We can mm-hmm. find a role for them. If it's a fourth right. line guy, is that, is that what Denoyer is supposed to be is basically a fourth line guy. Um, bottom six but so like he's he's got a offensive upside but like he's not a fourth line like right he's not our he's not your grinder type that's gonna punch you in the mouth like he's Mm -hmm. the type of guy that'll outwork you like maybe like a cates but maybe not as defensively minded as noah cates right smaller as well you know but you know if you if we need some offense the one proven guy proven the one guy who's played is is brink if we need you know I'm sure we have a couple bangers down there who can come in and play a bottom bottom line role and and do okay. So I don't think, you know, we have plenty of middle six guys in there that can fluctuate in you know that that bottom nine positions, and we have enough people who can play wing or center. Um, right. So I, I I just it, back to the original point though. I just don't see how this seven D is sustainable, and. I think, you know, I, I think we can all agree a trade is mm-hmm. eminent, even though we are in a playoff position because we also have depth on defense down right. there. I mean, the, the stat that we played like 11 defensemen this year. Um, it's, and, and, that, and that's just a wild stat just in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not too worried about losing a defenseman right now if it means that we can make some room for, you know, a, a, a more – complete roster uh, on the forward front right right and that means basically we're probably going to be starting a guy like mark Stoll every night on the blue line which like not the greatest but okay you know there's there's certainly worse options out there uh that could mean more ice time for zamula which i'd be somewhat comfortable with i think he's played pretty well he's earned it he's earned it he's had a rough couple couple games though yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's going to come. That's, that comes with age. It always historically takes defensemen longer to develop and, and get acclimated to the game mm-hmm. and hit their, their prime. But you've got also guys down in the minors that you could call up Adderd waiting in the wings. Uh, I'll argue this once again, Belpedio looked good when he was up here. He could come up for some Belpedio. short stints. Yeah. Like there's Neil Andre Andre too. I mean, he could mm-hmm. come right back up and, and hopefully, you know, find himself a slot on this team. There are plenty of options on the blue line, and it's the, honestly the first time in a while that it's like, oh, this is kind of nice. Right. Um, now it's the forwards that we're concerned about. So I think that plays into it. And, you know, given the deadline coming up here, we're likely going to see at least one defenseman get dealt. And to that point, again, Matt Casey had brought this up prior to the show. It seems to be between two gentlemen, Sean Walker. Rasmus for Stalin. And there's some talk about both of them, teams coveting them, wanting them on their team for a playoff run. Hoagie, I'll go to you first here. Of the two, which one is most likely to get dealt? I mean, I'm just going to pick the easy one to deal is Sean Walker on a $2.65 million deal mm-hmm. that expires this year. Risto with a 5.1 cap hit for another three years, that's... 
that's really talking like re rebuilding flyers, cap eating flyers type type of deal. Like Walker is the easy one to 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 do at this point. And <clears throat> honestly, this eleven seven isn't going to get easier until somebody is dealt. Because mm-hmm. and and Torts Torts has said this. He's like, we're just going to keep going with it because because as we said, none of these de- defensemen are playing bad enough to really come out of the lineup right now. Mm-hmm. They're still making very impactful plays in the game, and it, it it's a difference this year. So, and, and honestly, Drysdale really kind of screwed up things as well because a, a roster spot didn't go in return. It was a prospect. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> so, but yeah, I mean, Sean Walker is the easy one, but I, I feel like a, a pretty good package should – a first round pick should be offered for mm-hmm. a Sean Walker. Yeah. A lot of talk around first round picks or a second and a prospect. Um, right. I'd be happier with the first, but I'm not going to, you know, get too disappointed with a second and a prospect, depending on the prospect. But Matt Casey, what are your thoughts? Who gets traded in your mind? Yeah. I'll, I'll say a couple things. One is it seems conspicuous to me that Risto was out with an illness a couple days ago. Now he's out with something else last night. It just seems a little body injury. Yeah, we're we're sniffing something out here, but Mm -hmm. um, injury in the nose. I'm 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 with you. I think that Walker's trade value is never going to get higher than it is right now. And he's 28. He's on an expiring contract. He has a palpable uh, cap hit, which is, you know, retroactive. And so, you know, that's it ends up. I I think. If we can get, I, I can't believe someone would give us a first for it. I, I, I cannot believe it, but maybe the market is as such where if they would. Someone, if someone's de- desperate mm-hmm. and that's like the last ditch scenario, I feel like a first rounder is, is easy to grab. You now, know what's going to determine it too, though, is Calgary because Tanev is apparently the coveted Tanev guy is, on the market. Is the first, uh, yeah. He'd be the first domino to fall to set the market, but with Calgary playing the way they're playing right now and in a, in a playoff spot, to my to my knowledge. They might not trade him, and if they don't, then Walker could be the market setter, and, and that has its advantages and disadvantages. But a team's going to get desperate, and they're going to look at Sean Walker and say, "All right, if I can't get Tanev, that's the guy I'm going to get." Mm-hmm. And Danny Briere is going to have three, four, five teams calling him saying, "I want this guy," and that's when you drive that price right up. Yep. And so if Walker ends up staying, I'm not going to be upset because I actually I've been right, and yeah. Even- we extend the guy two years i'm not going to be upset i think he's a good player i just do not feel that risto's um cap is easily movable and without eating a bunch of salary yeah um which i i just i'm not nuts about doing right now because i don't think risto is a bad player and then the other part of this is i'm still really eager to see if and this is a big if we do make the playoffs, knock on wood, knock on knock on everything here. I'm dying to see what Risto can do in the playoffs because yeah. he's mm-hmm. the guy you hate to play in a seven game <laughs> series, and no one's ever seen it. The guy's like, you know, he, he's like, uh, he's Bigfoot, he's a myth. Um, right. you know, you've never <laughs> seen him in the playoffs, you don't know what he's capable of. But can you imagine somebody that you're looking less forward to going against than Rasmus Ristolainen in a seven-game series. You're like, God damn, I got to check against this Neanderthal for the next two weeks? Like, are you kidding me? And so and with I, the way he's been playing this year, he's mm-hmm. just been lights been out, nasty. honestly. Yep. Yeah, Brad Shaw and towards whatever they've done with Risto is, is just mm-hmm. incredible because, yeah. I mean, the first night when he was out with the illness, like – we were talking, you know, the game before. Everybody's like, "I thought Risto had a really good game. Like, why is he out? Why is he? Why is he scratching?" And I was like, "Honestly, that was one of the most like noticeable defensive games that I've ever seen Risto play because he was just so defensively sound and just making making the right plays. And right, that, and I'm sure that just drove the price higher. And now we're mm-hmm. we're playing with this right illness, upper body injury type of mm-hmm. type of thing. Right, it's asset protection." <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, and they they show him skating and warm up or not warm ups um Practice. practices or morning skates. Right. So like yeah. it's what it's going to break down to is the Flyers could find a deal for either of these guys. We know that. You know, there's yep. deals to be had for anybody at this point. However, 
with Ristolain in, in particular, it's going to be a matter of what we're going to get based off of how much we retain. Um, it was that way with, I think it was Hayes. We weren't getting anything really. And mm-hmm. we had to retain X amount just to get this or whatever it might be. But if the Flyers are willing to retain, let's say 50%, I really do think there's a good deal to be had there. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be 25%. You get a second round pick or you know a conditional third or something like that. I don't know. Again, that's why I'm not the GM. But there will have to be some sort of retention there because no playoff team that's a, a perennial good playoff right. team that could make a legitimate run at the Stanley Cup is going to have the cap space to make that work unless they're either A, sending something back in return, which they likely won't because it'll be a rostered player, or B, the Flyers are willing to retain on that. You could weaponize that. You know, mm-hmm. Danny Briere could absolutely weaponize the cap that he has and make something work in their advantage with a risk the line and deal. You wouldn't have to do that with Sean Walker, though. So mm-hmm. that's the easier trade to make, in my opinion. Right. Not saying the best deal to make because obviously we don't know what he could potentially get for either of them. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I don't know. Do you, do you think uh, that Sealer's totally off the market at this point? I mean, I know I don't want to see him go, but like we are kind of flush with left handed defensemen right now. That's a, that's such an easy trade to yeah. make. Oh, yeah. Because mainly just because of his cap hit mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the $775,000. And I feel like a team isn't going to offer something juicy enough for the Flyers to play. That's bite. fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. He's not untouchable. No one on this team should be, honestly. Even a guy like Konechny, I think the right deal could be had. But, like, you're talking about a guy that's the heart and soul of this team, and I think that would be too large of a gut punch to a team with playoff aspirations right now. Not saying, like you had mentioned, if the right deal comes along, but, man, I – I don't know. Could you imagine, like, a Nick Sealer versus Penguins playoffs first round? He'd kill a man. He would kill a man. He would literally just encapsulate like the city of Philadelphia's energy into his body. I mean, that—that's what I was getting. That's what I like about the defensive core. And um, you know, yes, we have Drysdale. Yes, we have um, Sanheim and York, and you know, these guys who are largely finesse, good skating, good, decent puck handling guys. You need some beef back there. Oh yeah. That's why I do not want to get and. Uh, gentle Mark Stahl isn't going to get it done for me right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just feel, I think you need both those guys back there, quite frankly. And for that, I, I feel like Walker is like the more replaceable one at the moment. Mm-hmm. You remember when <clears throat> there was like talks of both of them going in a trade together? How yeah, it's like Toronto happen. or something. Yeah. Right. He like, doesn't have God. a first-round pick. Thank God that will Tampa. never happen. <laughs> <I>, <laughs> honestly, like, yeah, you're you're already running 11-7, but to pluck two guys out of your entire lineup that play together yeah, all the time, up. come on. <laughs> yeah, someone would have to come up in that scenario, which, like, okay, that could certainly happen, but, man, that's – you talk about a gut punch, that <laughs> is like Not a ideal. speed bag right yep. to the gut. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I just feel like that's a little bit of like loser mentality, too, where, mm. you know, we're Throwing in the towel right right now. We're and maybe we'll be there in a month or something like that. If all, if the wheels come off. But like right now, we're not there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I do think we need to move a defenseman at some point just to just to even things out and see what we can get. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I'm not upset with going if we do end up April 10th or whatever the, you know, the last in a playoff spot. I'm okay keeping this court, this team together. Like, I, I don't think we need that. I, I don't think we're in the position to do it. And it's like, all right, man, you guys overachieved. Like, you go, go take this right. as far as you can. Like, go mm-hmm. for it. I think that helps make this a more attractive destination in a year when we are going after some free agents. Right. A lot of this to me, and, and I mean, you guys could poke fun at this, but like this is reminiscent of this past season for the Orioles because I'm a big O's fan, like young talent, a team that was expected to you, do. You may have to educate nothing. us a little bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, you yeah, lost, the you Orioles, lost me when you said, oh, real. 
the Orioles, the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles, Major League Baseball team that has been that absolutely terrible for years because mm-hmm. their owner doesn't want to spend any money. Well, now the owner's gone. This team far overachieved this year with the young talent that they have and made the playoffs with, uh, I think, the second best record in baseball. And they got swept by the Rangers, mm-hmm. you know, which sucks. But you're talking about a very young team getting invaluable experience playing mm-hmm. in the playoffs this early on in their career. That reminds me a lot of this Flyers team. You know, it's mm-hmm. a young team and they didn't do much at the deadline, you know, when it when it comes to trading players away, this and that. Now they made a deal over the offseason here and brought in a former Cy Young winner, which is fantastic. But like aside from that, it's been pretty quiet on that front. They don't need to make those big drastic changes that a, a true rebuilding team does mm-hmm. because a lot of those pieces are in place. Right. And it's supplementing it. And now the issue with that, though, with the Flyers particularly, is supplementing it with elite-level talent, which yep. you could argue that'll be Michkov in a couple years. Uh, the allure of playing for a team like this for a free agent, obviously it's an easier sell than it has been in past years now with the way this team's made up. Mm-hmm. It, could it be enough to offset the um, the aura around playing under John Tortorella? No. <laughs> Well, look, I, I think as a young player, I think as a young player, it's going to be easier to be like, hey, yeah, I want to learn under Tortorella. I'm seeing what Noah Cates has done. I'm seeing what, you know, Konechny has done and how he's brought his right. game. Like, I'm seeing what all these guys, you know, Frost, Tippett, on, on down the line. Right. I think where you get into trouble are the older veteran types. Who who came, who went to uh, Columbus? Um Jake Borchek. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I, was it Line? Went? Line, uh, yeah. What went towards and then like it's like a player like that. It's like, oh dude, I, I just yeah. you know, when you have prima donnas coming in, right, who aren't bought into like I think that's where you're gonna run into some issues versus the homegrown uh, <clears throat> kind of younger guys that you're able to get into the into the system. And honestly, right. honestly, the way this regime is going. The front office and even towards is they don't want that type of prima donna all star. Mm-hmm. They they want to nobody's they, bigger than the team, right? They want an all star, but they want somebody that's that plays for the team and their teammates. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's just how they are, and that that's the yeah. old school Flyers way. You know what I mean? Like they don't want an Austin Matthews. They want like a Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they want someone to build around and that mm-hmm. will put right. the team on his back at the same time. Right. You know, I, I look sorry, back to like so so yeah, <laughs> theoretically, you're you're playing a team in the playoffs, you're playing the Flyers in the playoffs. You got to deal with Risto and Sealer on the back end. You got to deal with Delorier, Hathaway, Paling, Lawton to an extent. Like I mean Coots that, even too defensively and Kate's. I'm just saying pure like no, yeah, just the pure, pure like, nastiness. Yeah. Like nastiness. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> then you gotta deal with TK like chirping in the background, like right. over everyone's shoulder. You don't do and that is, much, but. isn't that wild that like TK is now back to that like yippee barky type of player? Like I don't think he really is, man. I think the past couple like, games he's been a little like he's that guy to us, but it, the way he's toned it down, I think mm-hmm it's a substantial jump from where he was versus where right. he's at now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like over the past couple of games, I don't know, this could, could just be them just it's focusing on it. Yeah, yeah, you can just see him. Like, he just makes yeah. so many comments and yeah. so many faces. I'm like, bro. That's when he thrives. That's no, when he thrives, it definitely, though. It definitely is. I'm not knocking it. I'm just, right. I'm just like, where, where, where did this version of TK come back from? Like, right. Did it he works, just go on an absolute he, bender during the all-star break as well? Like <laughs> <laughs> he has seven points in these past four games. Like, if that's what has yeah. him producing points, Whatever. keep doing it. Absolutely. Just Brad Marchand does it every single game and he's done it for right. years. And you know, and, and, right. The, and that the other was one, like the other night where, where he got in the he had the Gordy Howe hat trick, and like everybody's yep. everybody asked towards, and that obviously that was the game that they played terrible throughout the rest of it. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't yep. care. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. that, that's the type and of player piece is, is coming back to. I, I will yeah. say the one guy like I think Paling's it, Paling just signed an extension, right? That would that yep. was, he did. Um, you know, 
Hathaway has got a he scares the living crap out of he me. Need, he that man is psychotic. Somebody. Like he he's a, to fight he's a somebody. psycho. Like if yeah. you watch the interviews with him, you're like, <laughs> don't look in his eyes. I'd love just to don't just look in his eyes. Sit down and talk with him for 15 minutes. What if he's like, like incredibly well read and just like, yeah. I often quote sonnets before I go out. <laughs> and then I rip their those guys just... are those types of guys, though. Like the right. psychos on the ice are usually the ones that, like off the ice, are the the coolest, most mild mannered. You know, right? Long gone are the days of the Sean Averys, where they're just psychos in and out. You know, <laughs> you know. He reminds me. I was trying to like. There's there's times where he's like in a scrum, and you just like see the eyes come out. You know the movie The Fighter with uh, Christian Bale and Mark Mark Wahlberg. You know, like the scene where like you know he's he's like, "Don't touch my brother," and he's like going nuts. It's like that's what he reminds me of yeah. of uh, of cracked out Christian Bale. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So we've got we're 50 minutes into this. Uh, we wanted to touch on a little bit about the confidence level regarding the goalie situation here. Uh, but there's another interesting comment that we had uh, that I'd like to get to just to have a little bit of fun at the end of the show here. So real quick, in terms of the goalie play here, these past four games, I'll go to you, Casey, first. Where's your confidence level at with the Sam Urson cal Peterson tandem? Right right now, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at about a seven. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm right there. I think Urson's earned it. And I would say... A week and a half ago or a week ago, I was probably at a four. Um, right. You know, actually, I think we even called it. I, I think I was at like a five. But, <laughs> yep. you know, Peterson came in and gave a solid start. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Was that, was that uh, Seattle? Was that the game? Seattle game, yep. <clears throat> and again, he, you know, I think if they go to a three to one ratio, um, given the schedule on the, you know, the last couple months are a little lighter, I think that's going to pay dividends in there just to get him some some starts and keep them fresh. And you know what? Good for him, man. Like, you know, he's been through the gauntlet. He's got a brutal cap hit from what I understand. And, um, you know, if this is his second shot, Hey man, this is, this is what it's about. Like you grant, you had to grind it through for a couple of years. Let's see what you can do. Right. Where do you stand on it? Hoagie? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, as we all were, we were all nervous that Cal Peterson was coming in the, the backup, but I mean, he played a solid game against Seattle um the more Urson plays the better he gets I think the more shots he sees the better he is he more more pucks he feels the better he is too I there's been some some wacky regressions as well that he is able to get a get a uh get a pad on or something like that so he's been looking really good honestly like Casey said three to one ratio I would love that to to mm-hmm. to end this sprint to the season because I think <clears throat> everybody would argue about it. Th- what three four weeks ago, right around the the holiday break, who's your starter when playoffs start? Mm-hmm. Right now, Sam undeniably, now. it's Sam Hurston, right? So right. yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm on a scale, probably I'm I'm, I'm about an eight because Hurston just plays lights out almost every night. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there. Uh, I'm I'm right at an eight. I'm not, you know, full throttle. Let's go, Sam Erson's the man. But like, I'm pretty pretty damn confident given these past four games and three that Erson played in. If we're gonna get, you know, uh, uh, what is it? I think he stopped 19 to 22 shots, like Cal Peterson. If we're gonna get that type of performance and the Flyers can score more than three goals when Peterson's in net, 100 confident. Mm-hmm. I, I'll get. I could care less about the stats. Get us the wins. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I think it, it's a true testament to Sam Erson battling through the adversity he battled through, given the news, uh, surrounding Carter Hart, uh, the unfortunate news, um, you know, and, and I think that this could be, uh, this could be really, really good. I, I want to think that, you know, Sam Erson's here to stay. I want to think that he could be a long-term solution. Not to mention the goalies they have in the pipeline between the uh, the two guys, the one Russian kid, Kolosov, the uh, Bjornstrom. I think he's Bjorn. Yeah. uh, yeah. And then obviously um, the other one is is a Varagin, the other uh, Russian kid. So there's relief on the way. They've got some good goalies in the system. But, you know, right now it could be Urson's crease for the taking. And uh, I don't see anybody taking it anytime soon. So, yeah, confidence levels high there. So 
anything else to add to the goalie conversation before we wrap things up with a little bit of fun? Honestly, I I like that too because like even if they still continue to go pretty well this season, going into next season you have both of them signed throughout the following season, so you could just run run it back. Honestly, right. granted they both play well. Sure, certainly. All right then. So uh, this comment came in uh, right towards the beginning of the show, and we all everybody knows about what's going on with the uh, with the uh, the press conferences, but. Uh, Zenothium 15 on YouTube. <laughs> Will Tortorella ever take another question from Ant? Uh, Ant being Anthony Sanfilippo of Crossing Broad. And <laughs> we uh we all joke about it. Like it's it's funny to me, you know. I, I think it's hilarious. I, I'm sure you guys do too, but um I'm not gonna lie, like I'm kind of annoyed by it, but at the same rate, I'm just like, eh, like whatever. Tortorella is going to do what he's going to do. What uh, what say you, Hoagie? <laughs> hey, we already know what you're going to say. I love it. <laughs> and I'll keep it to that. <laughs> I just hope right. they have fun with their silly little podcast. <laughs> what about you, Casey? Yeah, I think it's... Um... I, I get where Torres is coming from, but I, I'll say this, you know, Tortorella, you're like 67, dude, like <laughs> at some point, and this isn't just this, the, you know, the crossing broad rivalry that's, that's emerged. And, you know, again, we can all understand the background of that, but after every game, win or lose, like, dude, just, you can give more than one word answers. Like when you get good torts answers is actually on practice days. That's when he actually opens up a little. Yeah. He's, he's very relaxed and very, after the games, it's like, dude, stop being such a petulant freaking child. Like really like answer the questions. It's, it's part of the role. You're getting paid Mm -hmm. a lot of money to do this. Fair. He's answering the questions. It's just one One word word answer. Yeah. (laughs) Answer. Right. One word answers. And, you know, whoever I, I think he works for the team. I'm not sure who it is, but, um, you know, he he basically has to ask the question and like mm-hmm. give the answer. And towards says like, yes or no. Like mm-hmm. he's like, Couturier has been tough. It looked like he was excited when he scored the goal. Was he excited? <laughs> yes. Like, you know, like that, that kind <laughs> of it's not really he's not offering up information. I get it. You know, it's right. an annoyance to him. But, dude, that's part of the game. That's that's why you're a head coach, and I I don't think you know at this point he's not going to change, but I, it's a little bit it's childish to me. Yeah, I, I honestly I see that the reporters they throw up some beach balls to Torrance, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's they don't want to get smacked. Yeah, they don't want to yeah. get yelled at. It's no, different. Like, like with Haxtell, like, you could ask anything. I mean, I even I was the guy that he like got pissed off at in the playoff series when I asked a question because well, I kept. So I asked him about the uh, stick infractions because they had like three or four in one game against Pittsburgh. And I'm just like, listen, you know, X amount of uh, stick infraction penalties tonight, you know, uh, kind of a rough look for the the penalty kill as well. Like, what are you going to be doing to, to try to mitigate that moving forward? Because Penguins have a very dangerous power play. And he's like, oh, well, you know, we'll make the adjustments to practice and that's where we're going to go. And then, like later on, he was just like, I, I didn't mean to. And I'm just like, you made yourself very clear, Dave. Now, Pack your bags, get out. Right. But get on your ski do and get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Back to the whole um Anthony Sanfilippo thing. Like not here to cause drama. You know, it, it's entertaining to me. I think it's funny because a guy said something that he heard from a source. Whether he checked that or not, don't know. Maybe we'll never know. I think there's lessons to be learned here for both parties. I think uh saying something that carries that type of weight bears consequences. Mm-hmm. And uh these are those consequences. So if you're going to want to get, you know, your, your nice quotes for your stories from Tortorella on the questions that you ask, you might want to be careful what you, what you say. So right. Mm-hmm. Just my two cents again, not looking to stir shit up, but is what it is. We've, we've got <laughs> others out there that will stir it up. Yeah. Hoagie. I haven't done yeah. anything. <laughs> I don't right. look at you like I look at my kid. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we won't get into the whole BSH stuff, but um, that was months ago. <laughs> oh, come on, man, you're stirring it up every night. It feels like well, sometimes right or wrong. Wait, who was who was the genius who didn't calculate the number of games we had until we recorded? On the post, they were like, "Hey, join us Tuesday night. We're gonna oh, talk about three game yeah, wins." Yeah, I posted it before me. the Arizona game. It was a three game win streak at that point in time. But okay, it, it would have been another game, game to play. Yeah, we were on a three game win streak. We had not won our fourth game. Hoagie corrected it, which thank you, Hoagie. I appreciate that. So we either win the one that four game win streak or a three and one record. I like, corrected it today, saying, "Hey, we're on a four game win streak." I'm going to make this abundantly clear. <laughs> when I posted that tweet from our account, we had won three games in a row with one left to play before we recorded. Was I, I factually incorrect? No, but you said we'd be talking about the three-game win streak. Yes, because it but was whether point, we won or lost, it was still a three-game win streak. doesn't matter. You're wrong. I miss John. <laughs> Number... <laughs> Numbers in the head are hard. We are done. We are done. I never thought I'd hear that come out of Hoagie's mouth. I've heard far crazier things that I expected to hear from Hoagie, but that right there takes the takes the cake. We're done. All right, check out Bye our now. affiliates. Yeah, no, Hoagie. I'm not even going to give you guys the opportunity. You can find Hoagie on Twitter, on X, whatever. I don't care. Casey doesn't use it unless he's on his desktop. Check out our affiliates over at Flyers High and Wide. They're on Twitter on TGS. <laughs> They're on X at Flyers HW. Our buddies over at the Five Minute Major Podcast are on X at Five Minute Major Pod. Fellas, it's been a pleasure. And real. everybody listening, enjoy this uh, upcoming week of hockey, and we'll talk again next week. Bye now. Buenas noches. <laughs>